Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer and Richie Rich. We were lamenting of the pin of shame as the replacement for the crown of shame that never materialized. I mm. think the pin is right over there. I think I can see it. Is it still in here? Maybe. Because like it wasn't, like I sort of gave it away even though it wasn't mine to give. It's reflecting a pink aura from and so the then I had desk to sort over of, there. What's, what's the politically correct term for Indian giving? I don't know. I still call it Indian giving. <laughs> like, I don't like calling it that because, like, that doesn't I make any sense. I think that one's still politically correct because it's just going in. You're just saying, oh, you gave it to them the way that we gave stuff to the Indians. Uh, is that what it references, though? Or, it, like, in my mind, it always referenced uh, how the Indians would treat you. It's how the and Indians want their land back. And to me, it's wrong for uh, either party to treat people in such a way where, like, here, man, I give this to you. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm taking it back. Right? Yeah, the, like, the U.S. federal government is way more famous for that when it comes to, like, them and the Indians. So it should be called government giving. Yeah, yeah, it's Or true. federal giving or something yeah. more akin to that. Less, uh, mm, what do we call it, less negative towards the Native God, what Americans, an American right? giver, you know. <laughs> Oddly enough, we are just talking about Indian giving at work and also being gypped. Now that, yeah, gypped is, now that gypped is, is currently very spelled with a J, but it was originally with the G-Y-P because it was mm-hmm. a reference to the gypsies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, they really did earn that one. Uh, it's no, it's part of their it's part of their whole culture that it doesn't count as defrauding if you don't do it to you know human beings, which are, the only human beings are other Romani. Well, so I mean, like part of it is negotiation, right? And whether That's, or not you like dags. Well, I'm just saying that like negotiation is always like. Hey man, this thing costs five thousand dollars, and mm. then you're like, "Well, it's only worth like five hundred. Okay, I'll sell it to you for like four thousand. And the guy's like, "Well, yeah, I'll give you fifteen hundred. Okay, I'll come down to thirty five. Yeah, right. It's this negotiation so, process. So that's that's, that's part haggling. Of haggling, yes, yeah. haggling. Uh, the I also uh, infamous from the gypsy culture is the word mark. Mm. Okay. Uh, and so they would have their bazaars, mm. their marketplaces, or whatever. I'm not and sure if that one's just gypsy culture, though, because like, I, I believe it originated. I mean, that from one goes like culture. really because yeah. that one goes all the way through like every festival, carnival, circus, mm. any kind and of traveling entertainment thing. What was the OG thing. traveling marketplace? Yeah, I guess. Good point. They were the gypsies, right? So anyway, uh, for our listeners who don't know. Uh, the word mark comes from when people would go to these marketplaces. If somebody noticed uh, that somebody had a wad of cash in their pocket or they made like a big sale, right, to, to this particular person mm-hmm. uh, on their way out of their tent or, you know, table or whatever it is, they would put their hand in some chalk and pat them on the back. And so now they had a handprint of chalk on their back and they would walk around the festival with this mark if you will on their back so that all the other vendors knew hey this guy's got cash you know this guy made a big sale or bought a big ticket item from me he is a quote mark unquote that's where that comes from and you're right absolutely yes that has permeated every type of bizarre marketplace flea market carnival any kind of that thing 
uh, has been, you know, oh, yeah, that's a mark. There's an easy mark. Oh, that's a hard mark or whatever it is, right? There's uh, different valuations for that mark. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's up to you as a savvy spender or unsavvy, depending on you know how you approach it, uh, as to whether or not you're a, a mark, a hard mark, or an easy mark, right? Mm-hmm. What level of mark are you? Are you not a mark at all? Do you not shop? You know, all that kind of thing, so. Yep. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of it is, uh, so, unfortunately, uh, if you are a traveling whatever, and especially a traveling entertainment service, so you are incentivized to basically act as uh, um, psychopathic or sociopathic as possible. Mm. So, what has traditionally happened for all of human existence is that we punish each other for acting against our cultural norms. That's why I don't think you should tip on vacation at restaurants. Wow. A you're libertarian not that there. doesn't think you should tip. You're not I'm going shocked. back there. But no, specifically on vacation at restaurants. Like, I, I get your argument here because... You're, you're, now, it, it is true that tipping while you're on vacation is just an unmitigated act of altruism and kindness and upholding the social fabric. And you, of course, have no interest in any of that. So None whatsoever. So, of course, you'd just rather have your ducats. But I, and, I see uh, his no, point. I honestly, I don't know why you ever tip. Any form of tipping is an opinion, though, right? So it's not a fact, right? So, like, the same waiter, waitress, whatever server, whomever might, you know, service another table just as well or better than they serviced mine, mm-hmm. and that particular table might not tip, or they might tip less or whatever, right? So. Mm-hmm. As a server, how do you balance out the karma to balance out, you know, your paycheck, if you will? Well, and that's uh, it's a numbers game, right? So, yeah, you've got someone like you who on extraordinary service will will tip very well. Now, there's plenty of people who even on extraordinary service, they they will just tip their regular amount. So it's a numbers game. Now, if they are continuing to be rewarded for above and beyond service, they will continue to provide above and beyond service. And weirdly enough, the fact that it's at random means that it will uh, it will solidify in their patterns more completely for a longer period of time than a non-random uh, 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 benefit. So like because this, this of is the, the stuff they find out with uh, with uh, uh, like rats and like rewarding them for certain behaviors is that it lasts longer when the reward is random. So because of the uh, availability of extremes, right? Mm-hmm. The availability of tipping nothing or two cents versus tipping, you know, half the bill, right? There there used to be a movement online called tip half the bill or whatever, right? You know, that kind of thing. It was encouraging people to tip like half. Probably started by servers. The bill, I'm sure, <laughs> right? Um, but because of the availability of the extremes mm. in both circumstances that, you know, the it averages out because, you know, you're not going to just wait on two tables in a night. You're going to wait on 100 or whatever it is, right. right? Depending on how busy the restaurant is that you're working at or whatever. So I've got another question for Peakless, because when we started this conversation, you said, I am shocked a libertarian that doesn't tip. Yeah, that was that was sarcasm. Okay, I get it. But have you experienced that amongst other libertarians then? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it is it is well, a can you, very unfortunate thing that I've seen all over the place in New Hampshire. Wait. But it's, it is largely believed that, like, no, why should I have to do that just because it's socially normal? 
I'm not going to do a thing because it's socially normal, and that's costing me money to be socially normal. And it's I'm, like it's those Aspie libertarians. Okay, I'm of the opinion that people who are of that opinion have never been a server. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's very frequently the case. Uh, they're like, you should have picked a different profession. Which, you know, I mean, there's some argument there, right? Like, if you become a server and you suck at it, you're not going to make much money, right? If, if you don't figure out real quick how to provide well, you know, and good service and, and you know, all that enough, kind of thing. And weirdly enough, that is... is, is, is Okay, like you were doing with the the two pennies, right? Yeah. So if someone is doing abominable service, they will very swiftly not be paid enough to keep doing that. Like, if, and only if, enough people are still tipping. But if enough people... Well, but if people, it's culturally normal to tip no matter what, then you're rewarding abominable service and they will continue onward. Yeah, that's, uh, th- that is actually right, the whole, part of the degradation of civilization. They is shouldn't not, call it, uh, it tipping, in my opinion. They should call it commission. Okay. Because that is what it is. Like, there's well, very right, little no, difference. There's very little difference between what somebody who serves well earns on top of their, we'll call it base wage. So I've worked back and, at the house. And the with very commission. little difference between that and like somebody who works. Uh, at like a furniture store, they furnish the these salespeople like a small minimum right. monthly payment, but it isn't unless they sell a bunch of furniture that they get the real paycheck. Yeah, I've worked back of the house on commission or partial commission. Yeah. So back of the house, we got a percentage restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. I worked a bus. I worked uh, dishwash. And like at the end of the night, I got some cash. But it wasn't from the servers. This was this was based on the sales. Of what was sold in the restaurant, back of the house, split a commission. Right. And front of the house, they didn't earn a commission. They were tipped, which was whatever whatever the customers decided to provide. I think there's two different things here, because when I did bus, um, I was tipped by the wait staff. Right. I was not. And so, like, basically, whether or not I cleared the, like, if a, a table got up and left, if I was right. on top of it, cleared the table right away, wiped it yep. down, you know, set it new, got all crap out of the way so a new table could be sat so they could make more, yep. right? The numbers game. That's right? cultural within so restaurants. So I would get tipped more as a busser for kicking ass at bussing the tables for the wait staff. Right. And it was some, you know, if there were, I don't know, 15 people on the wait staff that night, I would get, I don't know, 2% of each person's tips or something right. like that. But that, that, was from the, that was from the server staff. Correct, yes, right. not from the sales. Mine was sales from management. Like but I would also get, tips. for whatever reason, because there was a bar in this restaurant, I okay. would also get some weird percentage, like point zero five, you know, a half a percent sure. or something of the bar sales, not the bar tips. So uh, Gardner and Eric had a conversation last night. And they did talk about what we're about to talk about, the kill switch. The kill switch. The kill switch. Um, what is the kill switch? Are you familiar with this? No. It shuts down your car without your knowledge or consent. Yeah. So it's been going around the internet that's uh, tucked inside of some recent bill that was passed by yeah, the I think it's a bill that already tyrants. passed that they were trying to recall. Was well, Thomas Massey trying to recall? They're trying the, to defund this specific right. portion yep, okay. of the bill is, is what's happening now. Uh, there are several articles about this that exist now and a bunch of online uh, commotion. Uh, what's the word? Uh, 
brouhaha. Uh, we're hearing chatter. Okay. Uh, like the that, fact checkers the, the, have weighed in. So uh, we're going to go with this article from ActivistPost.com. Fact checkers are gaslighting you on you the go. Fed's vehicle kill switch mandate. Uh, November 2021, former U.S. Representative from Georgia, Bob Barr, wrote a little-noticed political column claiming that buried inside President Biden's $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure legislation was a dangerous provision that would go into effect in five years. Marketed to Congress as a benign tool to help prevent drunk driving, the measure will mandate that automobile manufacturers build into every car what amounts to a vehicle kill switch, wrote Barr, who was the Libertarian Party's nominee for president in 2008. Wasn't Ron Paul running as a libertarian? In no, he was rep- running as a Republican. As a Republic. Okay, thank you. It was the previous when he uh, ran for uh, as a libertarian, right? In no? the 70s. It, right, yeah. Okay. Or, or an older campaign of his. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, like most Americans, I had never heard of this alleged kill switch until a few days ago when Thomas Massey, a libertarian-leaning Republican, like, uh, doesn't, you know, he's either a libertarian or he's not, proposed to strip the mandate's funding. I mean, you say that, but you just referenced Ron Paul. Well, what would you consider Ron Paul? He was a Republican. Uh, he had libertarian leanings. Yeah, I guess Thomas that... Massey is no Ron Paul, but the verbiage is uh, He's He's pretty darn close. I, I, okay. guess, I honestly, guess you've got me there. <laughs> honestly, Thomas Massey has, has been amazing at, like, every single time that I hear about him, he's doing something awesome. Okay. The right to travel is fundamental, but the government has mandated a kill switch in new vehicles sold after 2026, said Massey. The kill switch will monitor driver performance and disable cars based on the information gathered. That's a quote from Thomas Massey, by the way. Nineteen Republicans joined an all-but-one Democrat in opposing Massey's amendment, which failed. True or false, the claim that the feds would mandate that every new motor vehicle include technology that could disable the vehicle seemed ludicrous. So I started Googling. This is the author of this yep. article. Because we know Captain doesn't use Google. <laughs> That's right. I use uh, search engine of my choice. Uh, that Duck, duck, that being said, every now and again, I... Start page. Uh, every now and again, I, I got to use right. the G. Just like... It's higher quality it's results, massive. man. It's massive. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I, I've found pre-search to be uh, on the level with Google. Pre-search? Mm-hmm. It okay. is It is pretty close. Is yeah. it pre-search.com? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But also, too, sometimes I will launch multiple search engines yeah. with the same search criteria yep. and just see what the difference is between them and sort of aggregate them all together and be like, okay, this is the top story across all that's, of them. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm still on Google. Because I've I've done the start page. I haven't done pre-search, never heard of it. But I've done the start page. I've done the DuckDuckGo. Yep. I've used whatever Brave has on the back end of their yeah, Brave I browser. Hate the Brave browser. Okay, search. yeah, see? Yeah, it's horrible. Honestly, that's my been my down. go-to. The Brave search? Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. How brave of you. Oh, well, thank you. Res- <laughs> results may vary, because I go there and I go, this is not what I'm looking for. And then I Google, and it's like, right there. I, I've had that a number of times. I mean, sometimes it, it depends on the complexity of the search, right? If I'm like restaurant near me turn you know your sure. uh, thing on whatever and it's like okay here's five restaurants like a simple search brave will do the trick but if i'm like me contextually oh. contextually specific right like uh 
what kind of cup liners do I need in my uh, my cupcake pan for baking quiche, right? Instead of, you know, like regular muffins or whatever, right? Like that's a little specific. You plug that Sounds into, like a lot of typing. You plug that into Brave and it's going to be like, did you want recipes for muffins? But if you plug that into some other search engine that might be larger and Google. more popularly named. I'll say it. Uh, you're going to get like, oh, glad you uh, know who you're carrying water for. Here's the top five, uh, you know, inserts you should use for making quiche in a muffin pan. You know what I mean? Like it'll just, it's just a higher quality, but contextually specific, higher quality, right? Moving back to this article about the kill switch. Uh, to my relief, I saw several fact check checkers at legacy institutions had determined that the kill switch mandate was not true. Our rating false, said USA Today. Assessment false, said the Associated Press. We rate it mostly false, concluded PolitiFact. Snopes, a reliably left-leaning fact check group, was a little less conclusive, saying the claim was a mixture of true and false. Unfortunately, my relief evaporated once I looked at the bill itself. Go to the source. Section 24220 of the law explicitly states, and I quote, To ensure the prevention of alcohol-impaired driving fatalities, advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology must be standard equipment in all new passenger motor vehicles. Unquote. So. See, this part I knew about. As Captain Context, the only real like thing i can say about that statement is advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology what does that mean well if you take the word prevention out you just read everything before it you're thinking like advanced drunk and impaired driving technology you gotta like, blow this into is, the breathalyzer no, this is time? technology invented by drunks oh okay <laughs> but no that's not the case uh advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technology must be standard equipment in all new passenger motor vehicles The legislation then goes on to define the technology as a computer system that can passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle and prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if an impairment is detected. Who's monitoring this? Hmm, Indeed. How the system will make this determination is unclear as is the government's potential role in apprehending suspected drunk drivers. There'll be more on that in this article later. But the law's language could not be more clear. New motor vehicles must have a computer system to monitor drivers, and the system must be able to prevent vehicle operation if it detects impairment. How's it going to do that? That's a good question. How fact-checkers... Determined the kill switch narrative to be false is odd, especially since the articles don't deny Barr's central claim. The legislation mandates a computer system that will monitor driving performance and be able to disable motor vehicles. The AP conceded the law would prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if the system suspects the driver is impaired or even disable the vehicle from being operated. So the, the computer is going to determine this. Right. So, so did the USA Today and PolitiFact. They both acknowledge that that's what 
the the technology is going to do. So if you're zigzagging through potholes or avoiding deer crossing the street, it might look like you swerve. Frogs, mm. turtles, whatever. Whatever. Right, yeah. Yep. And then boom, your car just shuts down. Maybe it shuts down. Maybe it only goes thirty miles an hour. They discussed that in last night's episode. It too. does That's give. Another. Are you guys familiar with the automotive governor? Yeah. So this is a, a a thing that they put in your car to prevent you from going above a certain speed limit. Yeah. Um, I know of this because I did work in commercial transportation for a period of time where I drove a big white cube van, right, full of magazines, newspapers, that kind of stuff. I was a relay driver. Uh, I would go to a central location, pick up a bunch of stuff, and then go drive this route and drop these off at, like, stores and drugstores and, you know, convenience stores, stuff like that. Um, and there was a governor on the van that I drove. I could not go over 60 miles an hour, even if the speed limit was 65. Unscreened caller, what's your name, please? Uh, Dave in New Hampshire, also known as Ridley. As in RidleyReport.com? That guy. What's on your mind, Dave? So uh, I have an update on uh, Rebuild New Hampshire or RebuildNH.com. They have put out a petition trying to stop the governor from, uh, it says, quote, Now, therefore, we, the undersigned, hereby demand Governor Sununu and the New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services to end their recommendation for children to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Wait, wait, what? Where this is the New Hampshire uh, legislature? No, it's Rebuild NH, which is just, it's just a powerful anti-lockdown organization. Okay, so, and so they're putting forth a recommendation that says we should no longer recommend COVID shots. They want the governor and and the and the the state you know bureaucracies to stop recommending children get the vaccine which i had no idea they were still doing but anyway the petition got a thousand signatures on the first day uh it was at about 1600 signatures uh, on on day uh, a couple days ago here's my question when it comes to these petitions and signatures and the way you worded it right we demand the governor do something whatever it is, right? What is that demand backed by should he not acquiesce to your demands? Voting for Democrats. Oh, no. Yeah. Is that the threat? How about just Basically. voting? <laughs> well, is that, we recommend everybody just stop voting. Well, that's different, right? <laughs> but if the threat is we I demand you do, we demand you do X or we're going to vote for your competitor and we know that the yep. competitor is likely worse. Yeah. Is that really a threat? Like, it does seem pretty other, empty. What is the weight of the demand, Dave? Well, I think the, the, if you want to do something that would get them, the, what Erica Chenoweth says, the, uh, she's sort of the scientist of civil disobedience. She's been a guest on your show. Uh, you know, she says what you, all you really have to do is get all the people. You know, I'm sorry, you just have to get 3% of the people to do one relatively minor act of defiance. Uh, peaceable defiance, it has to be peaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can do that, you can change government policy. What is that peaceable act then in this case? Vote Democrat? The one, that she, the one that she recommends, in, or she says the stats back it up the most, most strongly, is some kind of strike. So I suppose that could be a labor strike or a tax strike or a 
you know, like the boycott of the buses, which Martin Luther King, they, they had the, the bus strike. Um, those, a, a strike, she says, is the most powerful thing. Okay. Um, I'm I, all I for mean, a tax strike, but the likelihood is they're going to come heavy-handed to recollect that money at some point. Well, that's not the point, right? Like, if they're going to do something bad, that doesn't mean you, you help them. Well, that's paying taxes altogether, right? If, yeah, you, if you're not I, not paying taxes, you well, are helping them well, do so, bad things. Well, and, and here's the thing. Everyone has a level of courage. Yep. Some people have the level of courage where they will stop paying taxes altogether. Yeah. Some people do not have that level of courage, but they still want you to stop recommending that people who are in no way, shape, or form at risk from COVID not be recommended to get a vaccine that you are at risk from. I get it, but it's 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 the phrasing of the demand. We demand that you do this with nothing back in it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It's like a child going, I demand to stay up past my bedtime. And mom or dad going like, no. Oh, oh. isn't that adorable? Right. I feel like that's the way they look at anything they're demanded of them by the people. It's better to, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I Rebuild NH has a track record now. They've been doing a lot of things for a long time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad they're there. I think I, okay. I appreciate what they're doing. Government as an institution is the exact opposite of freedom because it violates consent. The existence of government violates consent. And that's my perspective the whole time. Yeah. The, like the oh, nature of that organization type, yes, as compared to anything else, yes, is to violate consent. And it's the only organization, the only institution on planet Earth that is based on the violation of consent. Well, it's the only socially acceptable one. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, like uh, whatever Jeffrey Epstein was running. That was definitely founded I, I would, on the idea of I would violating say socially consent. Tolerated versus socially acceptable. What governments? Yes. And, oh and I, no! And I man. say that no, because most no. people tolerate governments. No, no, no. That is wrong. But I, that is like that is so far wrong. Most people equate what is legal with what is moral. Yep, that's horrible. The I wish is. that were not the case, but that is the case. So, like, let's be honest about what we're doing here. And when they change the law, they will realign their morality. Yes, that is correct. So smoking pot in uh, New Hampshire, currently, morally bad. But if we ever change the law, then it will be morally good. Well, I mean, they're not arresting people for smoking pot in New Hampshire. They're not arresting people for having pot and under, you know, I don't know, two ounces or I don't know what it is. Don't quote me on that. Which is why it is only slightly morally evil. Like, and, and in fact, in ways I kind of like what New Hampshire has done versus some of the other states. That um, have legalized it? Well, have they, though? Or <laughs> okay. have they just uh, governmentally institutionalized yeah. it? Tax and All regulate. Right. All right. Right. Enough. So, like, like there, there's arguments to be made for both the uh, legalization and or like to me legalization should just be like we wipe off all the laws about marijuana off the books and now right. you can do whatever you want however right. you want and yeah. you're free to do so yeah. that's not what happened in vermont that's not what happened in maine well, that's not that, what happened in massachusetts that's not what happened in colorado it's not what happened in washington and state. even that wouldn't work 
So even if uh, Vermont or Colorado or wherever decided we will wipe off the books 100% of the marijuana legislation, that still wouldn't make it legal because they're still under the auspices of the federal government where it is a Schedule One drug. They were talking about rolling that back a little bit recently too. Yes, yeah, they, they have. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you won't go to jail forever if you have this flower. Aren't we benevolent dictators? Yeah, and to all of these states, I think it was more for research. Like it, it would take more than that if you actually wanted uh, true legalization of cannabis in New Hampshire. We'd have to pass a law saying we will not allow people to be persecuted for this by the federal government by the federal government we'd have to like so specifically for example it's written into the uh, new hampshire constitution that we have a right to privacy yes more reason to secede so yes in order to do this like it wasn't enough that we just remove all of the things that are uh, restricting your privacy yeah because then the federal government will absolutely spy on you no, we have said no. Not only do not only is there not a law against it, there is a law protecting it. I want to just say this to all of the uh, the states, if you will, that have quote legalized unquote marijuana, i.e., uh, made it an incredibly regulated th- market where the government taxes each thing by, I don't know, 20%, 30% at every level, the growers, the distributors, the retailers, right? They, they dictate how your store can look, like what kind of decorations That's the weirdest and all this kind of crap. That is not a free market at all. No. That is the government going, no, 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 no. We are allowing you to sell this plant uh, for the purposes of us extracting tax money from your customers. Well, okay. And, and, now, how, many on, of these, and how many of these places you can't even take a seed, a piece of nature, and plant it in the ground? It's like your garden. That right. will put you in jail. Yeah. So I want to say to all of these states that have, quote, legalized, unquote, marijuana, the next time you need funding for whatever insert special pet project you have here, uh, the way you're going to go about getting that funding is not by raising more taxes. You're going to go about getting that funding by releasing the appropriate amount of prisoners in your jails in your state who are in there on marijuana charges. And then you're going to recoup that money and use that for your special pet project. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. What I like about New Hampshire and what they did is that they did not make the state a competing entity to, I'm going to call him the street dealer, right? Your regular guy, right? Whoever it is, like if you're a marijuana connoisseur and you live in New Hampshire, you don't, like maybe you go across the border to a legal store to one of the states around us or whatever because it's a small state, but but you likely have a regular guy, right? Dave, let's call him, right? Not not Ridley. We'll call him Bob for lack of a better. Because Dave's not here? Because Dave's not here. Uh, so let's say you, Bob is your guy, right? You're like, hey, Bob, you know, do you, what do you got? Can I get? And he's like, sure. 
like in every other state that, quote, legalized it, the street dealers still exist, right? They didn't put them out of business in any way, shape, or form. But what they Mm. did is they launched the state now as competition in the marketplace, albeit the black market, if you were the gray market for marijuana now what this did is it forced your regular dealers your bobs out there to be more competitive to carry different products and and that kind of a thing so they had to like sort of expand their like, repertoire well, I was or whatever comfortable being just a weed dealer but i can't just sling weed and it be worth my time i better expand well, into let's, coke let, let's just say they can right let's just say that they or were edibles. the weed dealer and that's all they did now instead of just carrying bud they got to carry edibles or they got to carry vape cartridges or they got to make those available to their customer base in some way shape or form right so it what it legalization in the states that have quote legalized it unquote all they've done is made the state like the biggest competitor to the street dealer. So if you're a street dealer and you can't compete with the quality and service of the state stores, then you're going to go out of business real quick. Whereas in New Hampshire, none of that happened. The Bobs in New Hampshire are still being Bob. Right. Right. They they don't have this state level competition, at least within the state. Right. And that's kind of what I like about it because they haven't introduced this false a tyrannical market mechanism that forces people to now like expand beyond their original breadth, right? Whatever they could handle. Right. I mean, does it matter where the competition comes from? Yes. If you can't, well, if you can't compete with the state on like price and quality, it does because the state has the advantage that no other market entity has. Go on. They won't get arrested. It's the state. Well, but if it's legal, right, it's the state. Right? They it. have that advantage. They I, they're mandating how things should be done understood. instead of allowing the understood. market to decide hold how on, things should be on. done. In just about every other example that we will bring up on this show, yeah. we will say that private industry can do it better than the state than right. any government. Or look how bad the government runs; they can't even you know do X. This is why Bob's still exist in the states that have legalized marijuana. Well, but you're in this in the other side of your mouth is saying that the state is putting Bob out of business. I didn't say that. Okay. Oh, I'll make that argument for sure. Uh, in Colorado, you lost so many Bobs. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, they all went out of business. Because they were competing with, I mean, it's really simple. They were still running the risk of being arrested, having to show up in court to defend the fact that they had this flower, whereas all of these brick-and-mortar shops, they are not facing that risk. Are the consumers getting higher quality weed at a better price? They're getting higher. (laughs) Whatever. It's the same, honestly. It it is... You get very, you get very high quality at the same price. So, but because the the shops that have uh, that have gone through the rigmarole, that have jumped through the hoops, that have paid off yep. and are continuing to pay off uh, the state and the city, yep. because they receive a certain amount of protection from the federal government, from the state government and the city government. Yeah. You would think whereas that overhead the, whereas, would drive up prices. No, no, not okay. at all. all right. no, so, no, no, no. So, so prices of uh, of restricted anything are inflated because of the risk associated with them and the tax. So, for example, in Washington State, uh, when they legalized marijuana, they taxed the growers at thirty percent. They taxed the distributors at thirty percent. They taxed the retailers at thirty percent. You do the math there, right? What does that do to the price? So, the bobs, the bobs around are like. Oh, I can beat that price. Then they don't have to no diversify. Problem. They just beat the price. I'll give you an example too, because uh, I was a fan. Like 
I lived in Seattle. And like for the first time on planet Earth, you could walk down to a store and buy weed in a store. Right. That was amazing. I'm that old. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm dating myself here. But like I grew up always looking over my shoulder whenever anybody was like, dude, you want to smoke a joint? What I saw uh, just from personal experience was the state stores uh, had a wider variety of selection. Okay. Although limited quantity. Okay. Right. So if I wanted to buy, I don't know, you know, mint chocolate edibles that were sugar free, they'll have like one pack on the wall, right? On there, maybe two. Got it. Right. And then if I buy them both, they're out for weeks. Right. Right. So we would look at that as a market opportunity for any other competitor to go like, well, mint edibles, there's clearly more demand than there is. Buy supply. my five pound bag of mint edibles, right? What, you know, instead whatever of my, it is. you know, three ounce bag right. or whatever the, it is. There is there is an abundance of demand for a product that the state is not supplying. Right. Then you move to the black market right. and that should be still more competitive. Right. Well, and the way that it competes at that point is with service. Sure. So, uh, yeah, you're if they wouldn't uh, sugar to the free, if sugar free mint chocolate I- edibles are your thing. Yeah. And it's like, man, I got to hit up a new shop every time I want this because they only carry one bar of this stuff. But if you have your Bob and he knows that, like, I have a reliable customer for mint chocolate edibles. Yep. Then it will be worth his his effort yeah. to either source or himself figure out how to turn his weed into mint chocolate edibles, because he knows that he's got a reliable customer. Yeah. Whereas the the corner store, they don't know that they have a reliable customer, and even if they did, they tend to be much slower moving. Uh, the anything with a corporate structure tends to be very uh, uh, inflexible. And to your point. Uh, my Bob in this particular uh, story uh, made house calls. Nice. So, which is illegal Again, for the service. stores to do. Right. Like the stores couldn't. You don't. You don't get like Uber weed, mm, right? Yeah. You can do Uber Eats. good service. You can do Uber Eats, but like if if marijuana was truly legal, service so good, you could, you could get on illegal. your on your Uber app and be like, I need an ounce of some Maui Wowie. Right, I need some Girl Scout cookies. So and give me some mint chocolate edibles too, and deliver them to my house, please. Back, that's a free market. Back to you, Kevin. Yeah. What would what what would happen to the Bobs in New Hampshire if they legalized? If we know they can outcompete the state apparatus anyway, uh, I I think there would be consolidation because the mass majority of people would begin shopping at the stores because it's an experience they've never had before. Okay, that fades. It does. Right. It does. Like the line at Krispy Kreme is out the door and around the corner every time they open up a new one, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually there's just a regular line of customers. But I think it's... it's So Bob becomes a niche at that point. That's fine. So the thing is, most people, they really do believe that legal and good are the same thing. Yeah. Got it. So nice most people... Most people would really prefer to do, okay, well, I mean, they I got to go out myself, even though there's three feet of ice out there, but it's legal, I think so, so. I'm going to go to the corner store, whereas some people, there's a niche that are like, you know yeah. what, I actually enjoy it when I'm getting my pot illegally, I think- makes me feel rebellious. So that's your niche, and I think that's where the your Bob serves. I think the difference in this case is that it has been illegal so long that the first customers lining up at the door aren't going to be people trying weed for the first time. Right. Right. They're going to be regular weed smokers 
trying this new mechanism for distribution for the first time. Yeah. And they will already have that black market comparison in their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're going to automatically think the government weed is better. They're going to have a basis for comparison yeah. and may still choose Bob. Well, and right. And then the Bobs that still exist in competition with the state sponsored stores um, will simply have to do what every other entity under competition has ever had to do innovate and get better. There you go. So they will do things like, oh, I don't know, delivery, for example. There you go. Uh, you know, they they will do they will carry odd products. Or if they have a niche segment of customers that are always buying X, they'll make sure that they always have X on hand, right? The article continues in an odd bit of uniformity. Each of the fact checkers said spokespeople for groups who support these systems, such as MAD, or support the system, such as MAD, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving told them they would never support giving law enforcement access to their vehicle systems. Uh, My personal favorite, however, was PolitiFact, who said, quote, we found no mention in the bill of a kill switch. Yep. Because it didn't say kill switch. Right. The the, the word word kill. kill, We found a bill. We hit control F. We put kill switch in there. And and we are journalists. Zero results. Yes. The idea that the absence of the words kill switch in the bill is evidence that a disabling mechanism doesn't actually exist in the legislation. I mean, technically, that is true. Is nothing short These of gaslighting. These are the fact checkers. Technically, it is evidence. It is tiny, insignificant, and weak evidence, but technically, yeah. that is evidence in that direction. It just happens to be overruled by a massive amount of evidence in the other direction. Okay, so uh, segue. Which they were not checking. They were not checking that. No. Segue. Since the government seems to be well effing people, uh, because I can't say you know the word I want to say on uh, radio. Uh, let's talk about somebody who I prefer to think of it as FCCing people. Oh, nice. Let's talk about somebody. How would you who, pronounce that if it wasn't an acronym? I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we can't say per that. Per the FCC, <laughs> I cannot tell you. <laughs> How let's, I would pronounce that. Let's talk about somebody who made their living FCCing people on film. Uh, you may be familiar, if you if you watch porn, you may be familiar with ex-porn star Mia Khalifa. Oh, that X in there is... Ex-porn star Mia Khalifa is slammed... Quote, unquote. No after, pun intended. After repeating her bizarre claim that being in the army is worse than being on OnlyFans because it is... Selling your body to the government. I agree with Mia Khalifa. No lies detected here. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I, I'm suddenly interested in what Mia Khalifa has to say now. Said no one ever. <laughs> I, I am sincerely curious, A, how she got to this, I mean, to me painfully obvious, but quite accurate perspective, and B, if she has any other, like... <laughs> Basically reasonable perspectives on actual reality. And she has a couple of reasonable perspectives from my perspective, but uh, let's find out more about the article, shall we? Former adult actress Mia Khalifa has been eviscerated for repeating a year-old claim that military service is worse than OnlyFans as it is like selling your body to the government. Again, like as a libertarian, I have more respect for sex workers than I do the military or the police. 100%. As you said, 100%. Uh, Khalifa, who was born in 1993, said in an interview on U.S. chat show Z-I-W-E, Honestly, I think that selling your body 
Like, if we're going by that definition, being in the Army is worse than being on OnlyFans. You're selling your body to the government. While the original interview was aired last year, Khalifa, whose real name is Sarah Jo Chalman, reposted a clip of the interview in response to a post from comedian Marcella Arguello on Twitter on Veterans Day that read, Who else remembers being against the Iraq war? And people being like, oh, wow, so you don't support our troops? And then having the most dumb conversation about being anti-American when you were just anti-killing innocent people. Anyway, this feels like that. I I am anti-war. Like, astoundingly anti-war. I don't, like, in... A world where government does not exist. Will there be violence? Yes. Yes. Will it be at the scale of the state? No. Likely not. Yes. No, they simply can't afford it. It just, yeah. There is only one entity that can afford to make that level of destruction. I mean, just in dollars and cents, you cannot raise the revenue for the kind of destruction that a state entity can do in any other way. Yep. Well, okay. And that is because the state entity alone has the the backing of people. Like not only well, will people not only will people like actively fill out paperwork they know they can't actually fill out in order to give money to this entity, they will also never try to slow it down a little bit. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Yeah, earlier you were talking about uh, various states and, their, you know, the election is to legalize pot and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember here when they did it in Michigan, we, the Democrats were running a very sketchy as to whether or not she would have been elected. Our second female governor, I think it was. Okay. And uh, they put the pot bill on the same legalized pot on the same election cycle, thereby bringing out a whole lot of the younger crowd. Right, right. that'll Just do it. This last year, when they were trying to uh, push through in a very red state, um, the basically unlimited abortions thing to uh, the Ohio Constitution, they put the pot bill on that election, thereby increasing their voter turnout. So, well, I'd actually say that this is the this is the case where those those voters are on the right side. Look, in both of those cases, they are defending your right to make medical decisions. Well, in both cases, one was just to get the governor elected. No, I'm saying like in the the people who are trying to to legalize pot. And the people who, are, which are the same people, who are trying to legalize abortion, in both cases they are attempting to defend your medical freedom. Okay. Well, this abortion, this abortion bill went way beyond just submitting to the woman's right to have an abortion. It went to you know the teenager's right to do whatever the hell they wanted without parental consent, and you know don't ask, don't tell. So. uh they get every nickel they can out of whatever lemon they're squeezing. If there wasn't so much restrictions on being a teenager, they ought to be liberated as well. 
Yeah, it is interesting. Well, they don't make wise decisions. Well, nor do adults, man. I mean, come on. Like, I'm 51 years old, and Major, I know you're a bit older than me, but, like, my observation of people over the age of 18, my opinion of whether or not they make better decisions hasn't really changed. I just find that people over the age of 18 are just older versions of their 18-year-old selves who also make poor decisions. Is there a cute check around? Because I'm about to do something stupid. Right. Well, that that all depends if they had any kind of a foundation at all to, uh, you know. Uh, I think that's biology, food. man. I mean, to that extent, well, I, I also probably haven't changed much from my 18-year-old self in, yeah. you know, the decisions that I make on a daily basis, right? I've gotten wiser over time. I might make some better financial decisions or or that kind of thing or employment decisions or, you know, be smart enough to go, like, get another skill if I have to and adapt that way. But, like, I my sense of humor is the same, right? Uh, if I go out drinking, I, you know, probably have the same kind of time I did when I was in my 20s or whatever. Like, I largely haven't changed that much i think the only yeah. fundamental difference is less thoughts make it to mouth as you so, get older and, and here's the thing Fact. Like, what we should be doing as a society is focusing on making people capable human beings who can make decisions by the time they become sexually viable and have their decisions really, really matter yeah. for the future of all humanity yeah. instead of stunting their mental and emotional growth for their entire existence so that we can make them adolescent until they're 25. Well, okay. And then, then we won't give them the right to make these decisions decisions because we've made sure that they're not able to make good ones the the challenge you might face and i think this is major's point is uh they become sexually viable far sooner than the brain matures major yeah well that was part of it but i mean what picos was just going off on goes right back to what i said just a minute ago they have to have a base you have to have a foundation You have to have somebody that gave a damn enough about you to teach you things as you were a pup coming up. Okay, and that's not the state nor the state school system. Right. Going to change, like Captain was talking about. He's basically the same cat he was, you know, forty years ago or whatever. And I'm basically the same cat I was fifty years ago. I mean, I move slower, (laughs) but my life experience has taught me a hell of a lot. And a lot of people just spend their life in a foxhole. David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, right. What would Ari want to hear from me? You know, it beats from it beats hearing from no one at all. <laughs> you know what? I tell Send you her what. Pictures and speedos. Yeah, I tell you what. If <laughs> you love it, if you did write her, I guarantee you that when she opened it up, it was like David in New Mexico. There'd be a big smile on her face, <laughs> regardless as to what. You, like, even if you were the most insulting thing, she'd be like, I can't believe David in New Mexico wrote me. She'd probably remember it so much she'd talk about you on air when she came back without you having to call in. All right. Maybe maybe I'll send a postcard. She might even, like, do your catchphrase, M. Monica Zamora. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. (laughs) Exactly. All right. We're on it, man. Uh, Speed of light. Not Speedo. The Speedo light? (laughs) Wait, they're making Speedos with lights on them now? No, no, no. no. no, 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 Speedo was too much material. It's Speedo light. Oh, I see. It's a mess. Speedo light is a a tong. It's It's translucent. (laughs) Yeah, it's made out of uh, 100% cotton white. Wait, that's going in the show notes. 100% 
100% white cotton. What about the show notes? David and his translucent Speedo. The wet yeah, Speedo so, contest no. brought to you by Free Talk Live. Speedo light. Speedo light. It's like a tong, you know. A banana hammock. Were you um, calling about something, so, David, or are we just joking I was, around? Speed I was. of you, light. You, you, you. I was. You just give me, what did you say? Speed of light. Speed of light. No, speed of, yeah, that, 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 that can, that can wait, man. That can wait. There's something more important. Oh. Uh, you, guys are, you, you guys are discriminating. Discriminating. You've got to stop discriminating. Discriminating? Against who? Yeah. I've, you mean discriminating? Uh, um, no, no, I've been Don't discriminate against him. Mike Tyson, he say discriminating. Oh, okay. He says a lot of things yeah. that are the wrong way. It's yeah, charm. but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. and so He's become a good he's, guy. He's, uh, in, yeah, he's become a good guy. Hey, he, everyone he has a plan until he punches them in the faith. <laughs> yeah, man, it's the, the, what, most words... You ever been punched ever in the faith spoken. before? Is that Mike Tyson? It is. <laughs> what was Robin Gibbons' yep. plan? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know what all uh-huh. the truth, the truth, the truth is. I don't know the truth, man. I don't know the truth, so so I can't go there, man. So who are but we discriminating you guys, against? You guys, well, Indian, Indian givers, you know, engines. Oh, okay. You know that that actually, you know, there's a side note. Engines like the the term engines because it's uh, the root word of uh, ingenuity. Okay. You know, mm. shows their skill. I always yeah. thought that would be go. a good designation between engines and Indians. Mm. It would be. There you it go. Engines. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Then, so you know, you, I don't you, know if it's disrespectful or not, but then you you know, you know they're not the doot doot Indians. You know, every every, you know, uh, as as we're taught to to say Native American, yeah. every single one of them that I've known to use a word to d- describe their people, they call they call themselves Indians. How very white centric of them. I had a conversation on that very topic with, uh, you remember, uh, was it 1973 Wounded Knee? You know that, uh, that thing? You know that thing? You know that thing? Yeah, that was a thing. That was a hell of a thing. Wounded Knee standoff in 1973. You know about that? Mm-hmm. What about it, David? It was a, yeah. Okay. Well, I know a guy who was there. He was a teenager, and he was there, and his name was Mike, and I don't remember his last name. But he was, uh, he's FBI. He was FBI. Not, not the FBI that they were fighting against. He's the other FBI, the full-blooded Indian. He's half uh, Cal- nice. half California Indian and half uh, uh, Cheyenne, and and he he said I asked him that very question. I asked him about uh, you know what, what how this thing go down. You want you want to be Indians? You want to be Native Americans? He says, well, you called us Indians, and we we decided we want to be uh, not Indians because we weren't Indians. We want to be Native Americans, and then and then you know what we changed our mind and we just we just decided okay we'll be Indians. So that's how that went down. Probably because it was too difficult to explain to them that they ought to be called by their original tribe name, like the Cheyenne. Because right. white men dumb. Right. And and so so yeah so so that how that, that that's how that went down, and we also talked about uh, redskins too, but we'll save that for later. So uh, Indian Indian giver, uh, it's my understanding. Oh, and uh, first before I get started, Indian giver, you discriminated because you said Indian giver and you said gypped. But you didn't say Jude. You 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 discriminated. You didn't include them. Well, we weren't really negotiating though, so that yeah. that term wouldn't have come up. No, no, no. That that one is actually uh, uh, in some contexts it is a identical to gypped. Now that is the difference. So, like, I have heard as a family guy. I have heard. I have heard Jude him down. Right. That's the common mean phrase. Specifically, the uh, the uh, the haggling. Yes. Now. 
Occasionally. But gypped Occasionally. is when you like bought a thing and it turns out that it's totally not right. Right. So right. It. So right. Uh, gypped usually doesn't mean haggled down. Right. It means defrauded. I right. have occasionally right. heard gypped to mean that, but it's very rare. Whereas Jude can mean either of those. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.